We go to the seat of power now at the Hollanders Rugby Franchises. His name is Roger Clark. He joins us. Hello, Mr. CEO. How are we today? Yeah, no, great things, Darcy. Good stuff. Lots to talk about around the Highlanders. I suppose first up, we look at the, the Tony Brown situation. Now, he's employed as your assistant coach. How long's the contract for? It's the next three years, isn't it, Roger? Yeah, no, you're right, Darcy. It's for the next three years. And, uh, and now, uh, after hearing the news we have this week, uh, we'll have him for the next three years. So that's 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 very exciting for the Highlanders and our fans. Okay, so that's, that's really interesting. As far as the Brave Blossoms job is concerned, were you aware that that was a possibility before it was actually confirmed, i.e. when he signed this contract to be an assistant at the Highlanders? Uh, no, not when he, he signed his contract quite a while ago. So uh, when he was actually over in Japan uh, for the last, uh, leading into the last World Cup. So look, I, I've been aware that obviously um, he's been uh, touted as both uh, potentially an all-bit coach, but also knew that uh, Jamie, um, you know, the, the Japanese were chasing both Jamie and Tony. So I, I always knew that at some stage, uh, once they made their decisions and, and once people made their decisions about uh, where those two would end up, that there was a chance we could lose uh, Brownie or that we um, we could retain him for the next few years. So when was this confirmed by Tony? Yeah, look, we've been up in the beautiful Wanaka and our whole uh, staff for the last couple of days doing a bit of an alignment and planning session. And uh, as part of uh, one of Brownie's presentations on uh, Monday, he uh, informed the staff of uh, very excited staff, I must say, Darcy, that uh, he'd be hanging around for a little bit longer. Okay. So plainly, when you gave him this job, as you said, you're aware that he may be taking on another role, but you feel he's that valuable that that wasn't of concern to you, Roger? Yeah, but we, um, I mean, our role in rugby, whether it's players or, or our coaching or any of our people on our management team is really, they all aspire to be all-black coaches or all-black managers, physios, whatever you like, I think. And, and when we sign them on contract Darcy, we've always got a clause in those contracts that say that if you, uh, you, know, if you get selected for higher honours, uh, that obviously that's something that uh, we will promote and help you get there the best we can. That's that's part of the incentive of staying in New Zealand and, and signing with the Highlanders. Right, so that extends to other international sides. It's that level, not just all-black level. No, it doesn't, it doesn't include other international sides. Um, so it, if you want to go outside of the all-blacks, then that's something that it's a case-by-case basis. And in uh, Brownie's case, uh, he always knew that if he wanted to do something else like he did last time when he went to Japan, that was something he'd, he'd have to come and pass by me and discuss and get agreement, which um, obviously uh, I wouldn't have too many uh, second thoughts about. So we're plainly as a CEO, you've probably first looked to the issues around it because you, <laughs> your name's on the line. Where, where will this be problematic over the next few years as he's taking on a dual role? Well, I think um, Brownie had a dual role. Uh, he was with us, uh, his head coach uh, in 2017 and, and with us for, uh, um, during that time before he left for Japan the first time. I, I think he handles his time really well. Uh, great time management and he seems to be able to run between two programs quite well. The international season or the campaigns over the next two to three years is only really in that July and November window. So with our season finishing in June, uh, and starting early over the next couple of years, it fits in pretty well, really, because we have that uh, July till uh, November window off. Uh, so for a guy like him who's uh, an experienced campaigner um, and has obviously a, a great feel for the game, both at Hollanders and now Japanese level, 
Um, I don't think, well, I don't have any concerns about it at all, to be fair, Dustin. Roger Clark joins us, CEO of the Highlanders. What about buying from NZR? Because essentially you're an arm of New Zealand rugby. They have an issue with the IP of Tony from a super rugby level, then off to the Brave Blossoms? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they have. Uh, in this particular case, um, he's actually an employee of uh, Highlanders. He's not one of the New Zealand rugby union coaches. So it's not something that... Um, they get a say one way or another on, and um, you know that that may be disappointing for New Zealand fans. But at the end of the day, uh, we've got to make sure that we keep the top talent as far as coaches in the country for um, the New Zealand teams as well. Also, of course, another guy is floating around who's very important, and this is Jamie Joseph. Obviously, Tony and Jamie, great mates. They're planning going to be working together for the Brave Blossoms. What, what does Jamie Joseph bring to the party? Because you've been around. You've been around far too long now, quite frankly, <laughs> Roger Clark. But you are around when, when Jamie oversaw a bit of a uh, train wreck of a season when he brought or bought in a whole lot of uh, national players. Didn't work. He turned it all around the next year, and you guys went to the top of the tree. How is it with Jamie Joseph? What does he bring to the party? How did he do that? Oh, look, I think um, getting your, um, getting in 214, uh, Brownie came on board as well. And I think the balance that those two bring, uh, as far as the skill set that they both have, helps. But I think from Jamie's perspective, I think we've seen it with the Japanese, as far as uh, building a team and building an environment. Um, you know, I, my personal view, and obviously um, I'm a little bit biased, is oh, I just think he's second to none and, and um, had an exceptional job of that. Uh, in 2014, we also did an exceptional job when we started back in 2010. So, um, you know, look, we had a, a blip along the road in, in 2013, but he took the learnings from that. He was smart enough to take the learnings from that uh, to make the changes required to um, grow the club again. And uh, since that day, we've uh, been finalists, um, you know, in, in the quarterfinals and the finals every year uh, since then. And, you know, I think it's got a lot to do with the base that, um, that Jamie built. Play Langley, they're very good at man management. They must have great concept of culture after what they've done with the Brave Blossoms and dragged them up to uh, the upper tier of of world rugby. Uh, it's been very, very impressive. Probably comes of no surprise to you that he's got that talent, and, and, he, did, and he did that, Roger. Yeah, look, um, he's got that talent, but he also understands uh, he's spent a long time, both of them have spent a long time playing in Japan. Um, they've got a real affinity with the country, with the rugby uh, and um, in Jamie's case, you know, he, he's, he's uh, a, a bloody capable businessman um, and a negotiator and, and, and part of building good teams and good environments, especially in challenging uh, situations like they did in Japan, is, is, is around being able to get the best out of everybody around you. And, and he does a, a fantastic job of making that happen. And as far as the future goes for Japanese rugby, you think this is not just a spike that they went through because the World Cup was in their backyard? This is just part of a progression? Oh, look, I think um, it, it's, it's hard to believe, isn't it, Darcy, that they could get a better, have a, a better run than they had this year as far as the improvement that they got. But I, wouldn't, um, I don't doubt that uh, Jamie and Brownie haven't taken on this role for the next four years, um, thinking they can't make a hell of a difference over the next four years. And I do, I do know that um, Japanese rugby is in a pretty exciting development phase and, and, you know, right across every section of their game. And so I think it's a really exciting time for those guys to be involved in that game. And for international rugby, I think that's a real positive because uh, with the number of people that live over there and for anyone who went over to Japan, um, you know, that they, they embrace everything they do well at and they really embrace the World Cup, as we all saw. And uh, I think uh, having them uh, going better... It's going to help world rugby. 
what kind of blow has it been to New Zealand rugby, not only losing Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown, but now Dave Rennie's gone overseas as well. They probably didn't see this one coming. Is this, I wouldn't say it's a, uh, it's a, it's a body blow that's going to knock them down, but it's probably not wanted, is it? Yeah, look, as I said, I'm, I'm biased, but uh, as an All Black fan, uh, yeah, I think it's um, yeah, it's pretty disappointing, isn't it? And I think it is a body blow. Um, you know, we can't afford to be losing coaches of the level of those three that we've just lost in the last week um, uh, to our environment. But that's the world market that we're in, and uh, New Zealand rugby's developed some fantastic players over the year. But also, we've developed outstanding coaches and. Uh, as we've seen over the last few years and we're seeing in the last week, uh, that international market is insatiable when it comes to um, grabbing these guys away from us. Roll on 2020. Looking forward to it. Roger Clark, thanks very much for your time as normal. Go well. Always good, Darcy. Cheers, mate.